lot of the warfare is fought and won or sometimes lost, right? But um, today, we want to really key in on the battlefield of the mind. And so this man, uh, Steve Fair, why don't you come up, Steve? This man is an amazing counselor. Many of you already know Steve. Uh, many of you have been helped by Steve. Uh, my family, myself, uh, yep, I go for counseling too. So when I counsel you, I, I need help. <laughs> so, but Steve is the guy that he's my go-to. And I'll tell you what, I've had so many epiphanies in his office. It's just been amazing. And my family has been helped greatly and immensely. And I know people that I send to Steve I am confident that they will get the help that they need. So he's been a great asset to this church and the leadership of this church. And uh, we already feel he's part of this church family. Even though he might be a new face to you, he's very connected to C3. And so I'm just going to pray for him, and I'm going to fire up a quick prayer for the Hong Kong team too. So, Lord, we pray for the Hong Kong team. We pray for Bill's back. We just ask that you would just supernaturally heal it, Lord, that this very hour that he would say, I'm totally healed, and that he would be continuing the mission that you put him on. Lord, we thank you for McRest and all those volunteers and for Harriet and everyone that sowed so many hours of work and labor into making our guests feel comfortable and feel the love of Christ. And Lord, now for Steve, we just thank you for this man. We thank you for his dedication. We thank you that he is a kingdom leader, that he is your servant, and, Lord, we thank you for the, the multitudes that this man has helped. And, Lord, we just pray that you would refresh him, Lord, that you would strengthen him. And we just pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit to be upon him now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It is so good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. I really have. This has been months in the works. We've met for a, a couple times, and um, I'm feeling kind of fiery today. Is that okay with you guys? I mean, that <laughs> the worship, that was amazing worship. Thank you, worship team. Those songs are where we're going for the next two weeks, and uh, my privilege is not just to be here this morning, um, but really, I get to be here for the next two weeks. And so, yeah, that's great. And I just honor your pastors. Their heart, like Ron said, was um, the season that we're in. And the word that God gave me actually seven years ago that I'm going to preach this morning is uh, it's a word in due season. And this is the time. Today is the time. This is the hour. This is what God is doing for these next two weeks. You have to get a hold of this. You have to, or you're going to miss out on where the kingdom's going. And the kingdom is moving, amen? Do you guys sense it in your spirit? There's, there's movement. This isn't a time of just rest or some are slumbering, but the spirit is moving. And so um, this fiery side you're going to get from uh, not just Counselor Steve this morning, but from Pastor Steve, is a word of discipline for you. Are you guys okay with discipline here this morning? It is a move of the Holy Spirit, right? If you read on the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He convicts the world of righteous towards righteousness. 
And I want to get really practical with that this morning of how is he moving? How does he want to move? And how are we maybe even inadvertently stopping him? Um, so that's the message this morning. But I just want to overview as we talk about the next two weeks. What God's doing here, um, we've called it kind of like an intensive if you've been in college where you, you don't have time to go every night for, you know, 16 weeks, sometimes you get away for a weekend, right, and you just go morning to night. Morning to night. Anyone had classes like that? They're grueling. That's what I'm asking you all to engage in in the next two weeks. If you make this about a 20-minute sermon and a little altar time, you're really going to miss out. You're going to get some, but you're going to miss out on everything God's doing. Today, I'm going to talk about my book a little bit. I'm going to give you a word. We're going to minister up here at the end, uh, both services. Wednesday, I'll be back at 7 o'clock. Pastor Ron says there's usually about 80 there. I'd like to see about 200 there. And I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I'd really, I mean, both services, this is a movement of God. So we're going to have more time to minister on Wednesday. We're going to deal with trauma on Wednesday. We have some trauma in our heart that we need to heal from. But you can't get that unless you get today. So today, we're going to deal with some walls. We're going to deal with some trauma Wednesday. Next Sunday, I'll be back again. You guys might get sick of me by then. I hope not. I won't get sick of you, I promise. And um, next Sunday, we're going to um, go even deeper into what do we do with this thing called the divided, broken heart? How does God mend it back together? How does he heal us? And I'll I'll just uh, foreshadow it a bit, is what he does is he's such a giver. Isn't our God such a giver? You cannot outgive God. And yet what we're doing in our own hearts is stopping him from giving and often judging him. We're often offended by him. But when we get past that, you'll see, you're going to see today and next Sunday as you come forward, as you engage with the Holy Spirit, he wants to give to you. He wants to give to you. And he wants to give a lot and he wants to give deep. And then the following Wednesday, I'll be back again. You'll say, oh, the Steve guy, is he ever going to go away? Get us away from him. Um, But that's going to be testimony time. We're going to have personal ministry time. So please look at this as the start of a two-week intensive. I want you to go to the back table after and buy my book. Not because I'm trying to sell books. That's not what I'm about. I'm about this is going to be your manual for the next two weeks. This is going to tell you what I don't have time to tell you this morning. This is going to lead you through some journaling times. It's going to lead you through some prayers. And you're going to get the most out of this intensive if you read the textbook. This is the textbook. And it does point to the textbook. There is scripture throughout this book. But God gave me this seven years ago. Please go afterwards, buy, and read this week, and journal, and engage. Uh, before I jump in, God gave me an example, and this is in my book, that I really believe this. I believe that we are body, soul, and spirit. We're made up of three parts. Just like the triune God, by the way, we're made in his image. It's our spirit that needs to live our life, and that's where we need to engage from. Not our mind, 
not our emotions. These aren't bad things. God wants to heal them. But we live life from our spirit. To do that, he gave me an example. We're like a car. You know how there's a lot of parts in a car? Any mechanics in here? I mean, there's a lot of parts in a car right here. You guys have, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, if not, we're going to pray for salvation for you later. I want you at this altar. You're going to meet Jesus today. But most of you have Jesus in your heart. You've got the most powerful Hemi engine. I like Hemis. (laughs) Got some amens there. (laughs) But you've got a transmission. Your job today is to engage, and for the next two weeks, Shift that transmission into drive. A lot of you are in park. Okay, this is where the conviction starts. If you're following the Holy Spirit right now, take out your your phones and your journal because the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you, write some things down. But some of you are in park. You're not engaging and you're not bad. But you're sitting there wondering why the kingdom is moving forward. You feel like you're on the sidelines. You're feeling a, it's kind of a dullness inside. Like there's a, there's a block there. And you're, it it even causes some doubt. And this is kind of the prophetic side of things, if you didn't notice. Notice the shift in the spirit as he's saying to you, if you feel this dullness, if you feel like there's no passion, if you feel like you're stuck, that's not him. He's not far off. He's not far. He's very close. But what happens here, and my son Ryan helped me with this, because this was one of his favorite toys for a long time. Right, Ryan? These things called walls start to take over in our life, almost from birth. Each one of these building blocks happens at different times, and as I minister to people, God showed me this, even from before you're born. There's some woundings that happen pre-birth, generational. I hope this doesn't fall down, but I hope it does fall down in our hearts today. (laughs) Each one of those things, traumas, hurts, grief, loss, happens inside of us. And what does the human heart do? The human fleshly carnal heart builds what psychology calls defense mechanisms. It builds one block at a time ways to self-protect. It builds ways to insulate me from pain. And before we know it, our whole life centers around this set of walls that we almost feel is our personality because it's so natural for us. It's like a reflex in us. We don't even think about it. We're accountable for it, but we're not conscious or mindful of it. And these walls keep getting higher and thicker. They become a part of us, and we can't receive. Because our whole goal in life, although our religious minds are saying, I'm here to follow Jesus as my Lord, really, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, our whole life becomes about, 
I don't want to get hurt. And that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to a lot of us this morning, is you get to decide what you're going to do with these. And I'm going to tell you up front as we get into this, there isn't a promise I can find in my Bible, Pastor Ron can help me with this, that says you will never feel emotional pain in the kingdom of God. I can't find it. I cannot sit here and promise you if you follow this intensive for the next two weeks and you break all these walls down, God is your protector will mean you will never have hurt, pain, rejection, grief, or even a little depression, that kind of thing that the enemy brings. I can't tell you that's not going to happen. In fact, what I can promise you will happen first is when you come to the altar today and you say, God, I want you as my protector. I'm through. He says this, move these out of the way. I have open access into your heart. I've wanted to heal some things in you, my son, my daughter, since you were born for generations, since you were traumatized, since you were hurt, since you were lied to by the enemy over and over and over again. And he's longing to walk through those gates, but he's, will, he's waiting for you to give him permission. He's waiting for you to engage the engine. It's the free will thing. I'm going to see if I can do this thing here. You guys with me so far? All right. Um, This whole thing of the divided heart. Seven years ago, I sat down to write a training for my staff at the counseling center, and out comes almost 200 pages. I don't think my wife saw me for two or three months. I just, hi, honey, I'm home, going to my den. And I didn't try, I didn't labor, I just put my fingers to end this thing poured out of me. And since I believe we should lead our lives like Jesus, he did nothing except what the Father told him, right? He did nothing. That, in the Greek, that means nothing. He didn't do anything unless he saw the Holy Spirit or the Father God do it. So, I don't know, this poured out of me, and it sat on my computer for seven years because I never really knew what it was. I didn't even read it for years until this past summer, God says to me, I'm not done with that book. I didn't even know it was a book, you guys. I thought maybe it was a series or something. There was so much content there. And he called it the divided heart. And I looked that word up. It's, it's found in Scripture um, only a couple times. I'm going to preach it out of Hosea. So if you'd follow me here, I, just on the screen... Any of you read Hosea, the book of Hosea? Some of you. If you haven't, that's one of your homeworks. Go home, buy this, go through the book, read Hosea. Here's what happened. It says, Hosea 1, verse 2 to 3. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. Does that sound fun, guys? Anyone want to sign up yet? Now, would you really think that was the Holy Spirit if you heard that? You'd go, that's got to be a demon. There's no way. That wasn't my head, and it wasn't God. This is God speaking to his prophet, Hosea. 
I also like, he says, he began to speak through Hosea to himself. You guys ever prophesied to yourself before? It was coming through Hosea, God, to Hosea. <laughs> I like that. He's, so he's prophesying to himself, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. He obeyed. So he married Gomer. How'd you like to marry a Gomer, by the way? I hope there's not a Gomer in the, in the crowd. I'm sorry. But that'd be a hard word in itself. Go marry. He married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. So what's going on here? God picks Hosea not only to be a spokesman for God, but to live out a message, to live out a heart condition that God himself was going through so his people could see a human example of what Father God might be feeling about us, his bride. You guys with me? He was acting that, he wanted Hosea to act that out. So he does it. What's the message here? The message is, hey Israelites, hey God's people, my heart hurts. Because like Gomer, you'll marry me and you'll say yes to me. But you'll also go and have your other lovers. You, Israel, you, my people, are both faithful to me and unfaithful to me. It's not as black and white as a lot of us make it out to be. You're not just a Christian or a non-Christian. This divided heart thing isn't black and white. It's not either or. It's both. That's why God called it a divided heart. She wanted both. And if you read in the book of Hosea, God chases after her. Hosea chases after her as God does time and time again. He buys her back. Why? Because no matter what she did, no matter where she's been, no matter how much she betrayed him, he loved her with an everlasting love. The devil has lied to a lot of us through our traumas and hurts. There's questions inside about God as our lover. It's not like that. He sent Hosea to go, guys, I love you so much. I'm going to chase you down no matter what happens. I'm after you. And he says this is where the, the title comes in. Their heart is divided. Israel, remember, and as an example through Gomer, which is us. Our hearts are divided nor shall they be found faultless. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. He wants to tear these down. Amen? These are not your protectors. These are not castle walls that you've built. These are prison walls. You're living in a prison when you live behind your defense mechanisms. Amen? I'm preaching a little better than you guys are saying amen. I'm just telling you. 
these walls need to come down. This is when you shift into gear and you say, I've got these, God. This message is for me. Show me what these walls are. I don't even know what they are. I choose right now to take them down. And it's just one by one. You're just kind of going to do this. But that's your job. Because we are double-minded. What's the Bible say? We're unstable then in everything we do. Unstable. He's here to spoil our images, break down our altars. Now, today, we don't have a bunch of little idols carved in, in wood, most of us. Our images, our gods today, are self. What do we worship when we don't worship God? We worship who? Almighty me. I. Now, and, and we're so religious, aren't we? Who was raised in the church? Raise, raise your hand. I was. Most of us. Okay. So, are you guys okay if I call you religious? Because you've learned some things. We've learned some things that kind of inoculate us. They kind of, um, they, it makes it hard for us to take down because the, the wording is, is so familiar to us. This thing, when we read, he's going to break down our altars and our images, we go, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't follow Baal. I don't worship the devil. I'm not out there getting drunk, shooting up cocaine every night. And if you are, it's just a defense mechanism. What he's saying to us in this culture is, hey, guys, your divided heart is one that I'm your protector. One moment. Next moment, you're your protector. It's both. You have a divided heart. Me as your protector, you as your protector. God as my Lord and my Savior, this one stings. Me as my Lord, me as my Savior, me as my protector. Some of you have been in my office, and some of you have read this book. I just talked to a couple people this morning, and they go, I was reading this, and I hated you. <laughs> and they said it with a smile, but th- this has been hard because <clears throat> the conviction here is we need to start by getting mindful of how does this look when I am my protector, when my God is self, emotionally protecting my heart, how does that work? How does that look? Once you're taught, you're going to be accountable for this. You really already are, but you're going to be more accountable to this because now you get to see every one of these bricks and go, Holy Spirit, do I do that? And when he says, yes, because all of us have almost every one of the 12 defenses in here. We all do. We learned them. We get to choose every moment, every day, am I going to be my protector or God? Amen? I want to start by this. God is such a good protector. We could have testimony night right here and just say, where and when has God protected you? And we could spend 48 hours just one after another of you. I could tell you stories for a day myself of the ways God has protected me. He is a good protector. 
He is a great protector. He is the protector, not only of our physical bodies, our, our, but our, our souls. He is a good protector. Some of you don't believe me, and that, that's because you have trauma. We're going to deal with that Wednesday. Come back Wednesday. Trauma teaches us that God's not a good protector. And it plants a seed then for the rest of our lives to justify why I need my walls. We're going to heal from that on Wednesday. We're going to start the journey of healing from that. This, though, is God our protector. Just real quick, Psalm 31, 2. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Isaiah 25, 4. You've been a refuge for the poor. A refuge for the need. Isn't that a great word? A refuge. As a sailor, that's a, a harbor I can come in when there's a storm. The storm doesn't go away, but I can refuge there. Psalm 62, 2. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my refuge. I will not be upended. We win, guys. In the end, we don't lose. Amen? We won't be upended. We know the end of the story. 1 Peter 2.25, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd, and I love this, overseer of your soul, the protector of your, not just physically, spiritually, your soul. He cares about your emotions. He cares about your heart. He knows the pain. I sat here and wept during worship. I can feel the pain in this room. Talk to your pastors. God is ready to deal with pain. Not by making pain your God, but also not by repressing it and stuffing it inside either. He is the overseer of your soul. I love Psalm 91. It's my favorite. This is you. And that eagle is him. And when it says, whoever dwells in the shelter, we need a shelter, don't we? We need a place of the most high. And that's your job, by the way. You have to dwell there. This isn't just, oh, that's nice. And we have to choose to come out of our shelter, our castle, which is our prison, into, I come into, I dwell in your shelter. And what happens then? Rest. Rest. The shadow will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There's not rest out there. There's not peace. I'm talking as a counselor now. I see so many people are seeking drugs. They can't sleep. They come to our psychiatrist, and I'm not against pills, but they don't know this, so God has to use other means until he gets them past here because they don't have rest. They're not at peace. Some of you are not at peace. Your bodies, you're not sleeping. You're clenching your jaw. You're tense. You think it's work. You think it's job-related Marriage, household, those are just triggers, guys. What's really happening is you're not at rest because you're not dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty. You're dwelling here. 
So I want to practice this just for a minute. Before we jump into all these defense, I'm actually not going to cover them all. You've got to read. We just don't have time. But I want you to personalize Psalm 91 with me for a minute. Because I would never ask you to give up your defenses in counseling or in this service until I give you something better. God already gave you something better. As you read this, and I put eyes in here, personalize it. I want you to notice what happens to your spirit, what happens to your mind, your emotions. I bet you a buck you'll feel peace because Psalm 91 is true. Will you guys read this with me? Let's just go a little bit slow and just, again, keep track inside. What happens when you read this in your spirit, in your soul? All right. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers and under His wings I will find refuge. His faithfulness will be my shield and rampart. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. It will not come near me. Let's just close your eyes just for a second. Just check inside. What is that? Just soak that in for a minute. What does that feel like? There's rest there. There's peace. There's a trust like we sang. not attention. There might be things in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. It witnesses these words are true. We're okay. I'm okay. Does anyone feel that? Just raise your, just be honest. Do you feel any of the, the rest? The word of God is true. Yeah, a lot of you feel like that. And that's beautiful that you do. I'm coming here to help you feel that more. And God's sending me to you that aren't feeling that because it doesn't mean you have a bad heart. It doesn't mean you're not seeking God. It means there's some of these doodads in the way. You can't feel that peace because you're still sitting behind your wall back here. See, people can't get in, but God won't get in. He won't force you past this. You're not, you're not feeling his peace and his rest because of these things. What are these things? You know what? God just wants to talk to you guys. I'm just going to list them. What number is that? You got to read, you guys. 
because we just don't have time. There's anger. There's avoidance. Any avoiders here? This is a fight and flight mechanism. God put it in you, by the way, but you're using it outside of the will of the Holy Spirit. And you seem to think you have the right and the permission to avoid whatever you want to avoid. And that's not true. That's not kingdom. Kingdom is you go where he tells you to go. There's some Jonas in this room that need to come to this altar and say, I've been avoiding some tough conversations with people. I've been avoiding some places in my heart that I don't want to remember. I don't want to think about. I just disassociate from all of those. There's some churches God's called you to go to, places he wants you to be. It's places to be planted, and you're running because it's not comfortable. That's because God wants you there. He wants to heal you. No avoiding. It's a defense mechanism. It's disobedience. Addictions. We're filled with them, guys. Don't go to your local substance abuse person and just talk about how do I drink less? How do I cut down on my pot smoking? Go deep inside and say, I got a defense mechanism because when my heart feels pain, I just run behind these walls. I got to numb myself out. I got to numb it. It's too much. And this becomes such a... Uh, an automatic response in you that it's an addiction. It's a, it's a default inside of you. Not just substances. There's some workaholics in here. You know, we've got our religious mindset. Here's the really bad addictions, right? No. Workaholism, no different. Perfectionism, religiosity, drivenness. There's all kinds of addictions. They're defense mechanisms. You need to give up your right to those. We were praying in this room earlier. You can tell, I'm getting a little more fiery, aren't I? I can feel it inside. Is that okay? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. We're not here just for a nice little sermon. We're here to do some business with Jesus. Back there, just love the intercessory room. God speaks to me about grace. Look up in Strong's Concordance sometimes. Grace is God's divine influence on the heart. He's divinely wanting to give a grace this morning to break defense mechanisms. It's not going to be you trying really hard and you coming down here and going, I'm so sorry, God, I'm going to try harder. No, that's just another defense mechanism to get rid of a defense mechanism. You're going to come down here and receive a grace, a divine revelation from God and, and, and working on your heart to stop and give up avoidance, addictions, Oh, compartmentalizing. I wish we had time for this. We got some men in here. Your God is your brain. You think you're just a man. I'm I'm an engineer. I think I problem solve. No, that's one of these guys right here. Yes, God gave you some gifts. But no, he did not numb you out so you can put everything in its nice little box under my control. That's not Jesus. That's not him. He's wanting to break the boxes. All of it. No black and white thinking. No intellectualizing. <laughs> I like this little guy. This is some of you guys. You, you know what compensating is? You'll read about it. But it's, it's focusing on a strength to cover a weakness. Some of you, you're still trying to please your daddy. You got daddy issues. 
you're still trying to work harder. You're still looking for that kudos, that pat on the back. It might be at work. It might be at home. It might be at church. It's a defense. Denial. Some of us, we just, God's been talking to you for years about stuff. Just come up and say, God, I'm done with denial. Worship team, would you come up? I just want to I just want to give people a minute to come up here. These are all the defenses that I want you to take a look at this week. This just made some people hungry right here. (laughs) You're a stuffer. You're stuffing things just like a Thanksgiving turkey. You're taking all your emotions and you're suppressing it and repressing it. You know what? That's not what God's doing in your heart. That's religious too. Jesus was an emotional dude. Look up sometime. He wept. He was angry. He was scared. He sweat blood. You think this is God's will to repress. That's not it. There's some victims in here too. Some of you just need to take some responsibility and say, God, things happened to me. But it's my turn. Now I get to decide these things are coming down. And if that's you, we could talk for three days, guys. We've got two weeks. We've got after service. We've got in between. There's going to be ministry time 